This is Blockbuster Film School Office Hours. Blockbuster Film School Office Hours. It's Blockbuster Film School Office Hours. Office Hours. Office Hours. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome in. It is Blockbuster Film School time. And it is Office Hours. I am Alex Bonner, one of your professors at Blockbuster Film School, joined as always by Professor Nicholas Souter. Legally, I can no longer go by that name because Nicholas Souter is quote unquote dead. Yes, yes. Uh, Tax purposes Miguel only. Miguel Sanchez is here, and uh, <laughs> the IRS is not after him. Nope. I have to pay the IRS, bunch of jerks. Uh, anyways, that's right, IRS. You like that? You like me talking about you? We're you know not you're listening. Yeah, I know you're listening in. Prank call, prank call. Um, so we are doing one of our fun little gambits here at Blockbuster Film School. We like to do real fast though. Yeah, solid Eric Stoltz impression. Why? Thank you. This one is Panda. It is a madman. No, that's Jody. That's my wife. <laughs> the one with all the shit in her face. Um, <laughs> so we're doing a little thing. We've done it before. It's something me and Professor Nick and Super Producer Brian Taps like to do here at the Blockbuster Film School, which is we take a year for the Oscars, the Academy Awards, the AFI. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. And we pick a year of their Best Picture nominees, and we decide who should have won Best Picture that year. Most of the time, it's not the one that the Academy chose, and this time, it definitely won't be. Yeah, this is like <laughs> the uh, this liter- asteroid that hit Earth and killed all the dinosaurs. <laughs> it had an apt name. Yeah, we can make an argument about how after this movie won Best Picture, it changed Hollywood a little bit because yeah, they, they they stopped letting Scientologists <laughs> buy the fucking Oscar from them. <laughs> they, they said they're like, "What are we doing? What yeah. is this? What, we'll talk about it." But here are the 2006 Best Picture nominations. Uh, also, just so you know, me, Nick, and Super Producer Brian Taps are all wearing full tuxedos. So are we sweating? Mm-hmm. Our Taints it off. is very warm, but uh, I'm wearing one with tails and a top hat and a cane. I'm wearing the uh, bright orange one from Dumb and Dumber, right? But also, it's Jim Carrey size, Ooh. which is like two sizes too small. It is. So you're it's pop- very revealing. You're popping out of that, you're very voluptuous. Thank but, you. Yes. Also, look like the Kool Aid Band. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh uh, yeah! I love that the Kool Aid Band loves to break and enter. He loves to yeah. just smash through walls. Just fuck your wall. Anyway, you know, he's. Just high on PCP all the of time. Of course. He's full of Kool-Aid, too, which yeah, sugar is kid sugar. PCP. I mean, let's face it. They need to reboot the Terminator and just replace it with I watched that the movie. Kool-Aid man. Oh, my God. If You know what's funny is when Hollywood does things where they take a character, it's like if they came up and they got a bunch of funny writers to make a Kool-Aid man movie, everyone would go see Oh, that'd be amazing. Yes. Gordon uh, <laughs> Miller, this is your new project. out of his mind. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so here are the Best Picture nominees. They are as follows. Munich, directed by Steven Spielberg. Good Night and Good Luck, directed by... George um, Clooney. Mr. George Clooney. Brokeback Mountain, directed by Ang Lee. Capote. Well, I forget it's directed by, and I'll look that up in just a moment. And Crash, directed by Paul Haggis. Which would be the winner. The big wiener. Which was kind of strange, because normally in the Academy Awards, there's a little bit of a buildup, where somebody yeah. goes on a streak... Kind of what happened with um, Parasite this last year, where all of a sudden a movie just starts winning awards. Yeah. And you're like, oh, Every, shit. Like the people who make the bets, mm-hmm. you have 
you know, the Critics Awards, you have Golden Globes, you have the BAFTAs. Yes. This didn't win any of those fucking no, it things because it's a giant piece of shit. It is. Also, Capote was directed by Bennett Miller. Just want to toss that out there yep. real quick. Who, he is an avid listener. Directed, and if we forgot his name, he'd fucking I also do. Her. I also do like Bennett Miller. Some of his, like Foxcatcher and Moneyball are actually really good. Yeah, movies. those are great. They're really, he does have these really dark, cool slice of life will, stories that are interesting. I will never watch Foxcatcher again. Oh, yeah, that one's dark. Moneyball's real fun, though. Moneyball's great. Yeah. But Steve Carell looks like Ralph Fiennes' character from Red Dragon. <sighs> yeah. Without all the burns. Dude, Foxcatcher is dark. There yeah. is a darkness in Foxcatcher that is... Yeah, unrelenting. Yes. And worth more of a watch than Crash. Absolutely. I think <laughs> a video of me getting hit in the crotch by the Kool-Aid man <laughs> is a better watch than Crash. Yes. And I would watch it just watch to relive over, the pain. I watch that over and over and over yeah. and over and over. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think we're describing a very interesting fetish site that we've just created. All right, so <laughs> we're... Uh, Give it to me, Kool-Aid. <laughs> we're going to get sued by the Kool-Aid Corporation. But... So this these- episode brought to you by Crystal Light Iced Tea. <laughs> brought to you by Flavor Aid, the <laughs> shitty version of Kool Aid. Mom, can I have the Ecto Cooler? No, you can have this shitty version of the Ecto Cooler. <laughs> um, like I said, like we're already talking about, Crash won Best Picture. But Ugh. as you could probably tell, we did not think Crash should win. So, but should we start with Crash and just let's start, start with Crash? Let's start with Crash. Let's start with Crash. So it is. Should we describe it or just call it a piece of shit? <laughs> yeah. Would you, is the dumbest? What would you say Crash is? If someone came up to you on the street and said, I've never seen Crash. Nick, you know movies. What is Crash? I would say, first of all, don't speak to me. Second, <laughs> avoid eye contact. Third, Crash is if the Church of Latter-day Saints <laughs> didn't know how to make movies. <laughs> and they wanted to tackle race relations by having oh, yeah. creepy Matt Dillon. Yeah. Issue some fingerings, right? <laughs> yeah, like feel up Tanny Newton in the worst possible way and then have him save her life later on the right. movie. So she's like, thank you, sexual assaulter. You saved my life. Also, fuck the cops. This movie, if you go on our Instagram, I never do this. Yeah. Look back at the video we have up for our episode. It was the thing about the Oscars and there's a clip in there from Crash where this fucking old racist dipshit goes to shoot Michael Pena and his daughter (laughs) makes some fucking Usain Bolt leap into his arms to stop the bullet. And then he shoots and it turns out to be a blank. And everyone's like, Oh my God. Oh, it's a miracle. It's not a miracle. It's terrible writing. Yes. It's terrible directing. This movie is a giant piece of shit and it should be removed. Not only from the records, yeah. I want Michelle Gondry to set up that fucking machine from Eternal Sunshine to erase it from everyone's memories. <laughs> and then we need to take Paul Haggis and lock him in. Even Paul Haggis has apologized for it. He's apologized he for it later. This movie has done more to make racism okay yes. than fucking... There's so much eliminating che- it. There's so much cheesy white guilt, like white hero oh guilt, that, and there's so much... You know, oh, we're flipping it on his head, but we're not. Ludacris. Ludacris yeah. is a, a, a car thief or something, and Brendan Fraser gets shot. It, it, it's, I saw it in the theater. Yeah, I saw it in the theater I, too. I, this movie was so bad. I was like, oh, God, I wish I was watching Passion of the Christ. See, 
I would I kind of went on like a spirit quest while I was in there where I just became over and over enraged. Yeah. Where I just said to myself, I was like, that's racist. That's sexist. That's insane. Yeah. That's just bad writing. This is stupid. This is it was like every beat, every yeah. beat. But I also what was more enraging to me was A, I could tell some people in the audience were like, mm, people yes. were crying around me. I enjoy this. People were fucking which, crying. Which A made me insane. And then B, that I said to myself, this is every stupid thing the Oscars likes. It's like it's, it's like Oscar bait the movie. It's Oscar bait the movie. That's exactly it's what like, it is. No, you know what it is? They're like, oh, there's race stuff and sex stuff, but we don't actually say anything. And white people come out in the end and black people are bad. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's Oscar bait the mixtape. Yes. 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 And it this is. This movie is so bad. Reese Witherspoon left Ryan Felipe for this. Yeah. In the divorce paper, it said reason for separation. She just wrote crash. Crash. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, that's right. That, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Also, uh, she's so much better than him in every way. Mm, in curly hair? I don't know. Like having crazy golden curl locks? Mm. Your weird obsession with <laughs> actors who are not good but have cool hair <laughs> is going to be just, an entire Office Hours episode. There's, there's also an element where I know it enrages you. <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, you know, Maybe it's a bald thing or maybe it's a fucking low quality of acting thing. Also, Way of the Gun is a good movie. I just want to put that out there. Way of the Gun is a good movie. That's that Macquarie movie with uh, him and uh, yeah. Benicio, which I still... And... Khan. Uh, Khan. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Contemporaries. Contemporaries. And so, Crash is, I think, quintessentially to me, of all the Oscar Best Picture winners that won that should not have won, like the ultimate. It's not a joke. It's this, like, you say, you're like, what is this, Crash? You know, I mean, people... Yeah, look, no, here's the thing. Yeah. This movie's so bad... It is why we have this podcast. Because mm. the original idea we had for a podcast was yes. I thought up of we should redo all the Oscars year by yeah. year, mm -hmm. specifically because Crash is such a piece of shit that we need a time machine to go back Stop. and just hit Paul Haggis with a typewriter. I, th I think we go earlier. I think we go like hundreds of years back and just stop the Haggis line from existing. Like not like evilly, just like when we know that like one of his ancestors is going to meet them and fall in love with them. We just like, we show up, we, we play Johnny be good. Yeah. We like run the block. We literally just like push one of them down into the mud. I'm like, look at this mud piece of shit. You could possibly fall in love with him. <laughs> like, and they're like, why are you, <laughs> what's you're some sort of witch. <laughs> What's crazy though, the other four movies though are really, really good. Yeah. <laughs> They're really insanely good. And all of them won all the other awards. They did. So, which is the other crazy thing. Brokeback Mountain, Angley won Best Director. You know, Philip Seymour Hoffman won for Capote, right? He did, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's crazy. So, we'll go through them. So, what do you think about, uh, say, Brokeback Mountain? What's your take on Brokeback Mountain? I think Brokeback Mountain is phenomenal. Yeah, I agree. It's a great movie. I own the screenplay. It's just a character study. It's a crazy love story, but also at the time it was very timely. Yeah. Uh, it had so much going for it as a movie and as a film. It's phenomenal. Gyllenhaal, Ledger, Michelle Williams. I mean, just really, really good. Solid acting, I solid will. writing. Yes. It's a slow burn. It just, it doesn't rush anything. My only beef with the movie is it's kind of like the Tim Burton thing where Ang Lee is capable of making the ice storm and he's capable of making Brokeback Mountain and then sometimes he just makes like the cheesiest crap, you know? And I'm like, and a Hulk movie. Yeah. And I'm like, you're capable of making these amazing, really well executed, really precise. Do you make Life of Pi? Yes. I mean, it had a CGI tiger in it. So yeah. That's cool. It was pretty good, actually. Okay. The CGI tiger was kind of messed with me the whole time because I 
there's a CGI tiger on screen. It was it was as if a a very poetic version of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, that sounds great, actually. <laughs> yeah, it actually was. Pretty, I was yeah. thought you were gonna say it's like if they took a really good two time winning Oscar <laughs> and then made him look like. They de-aged him to try to make him look like he was 20. Yeah, no, no. Oh, yeah. Well, they do. Are you making fun of Robert De Niro? Yes, I am. And the Joe Pesci. When Joe Pesci says to Robert What's De Niro. What's wrong with the car, kid? Hey, kid. What are you doing? I'm like, these are two 90-year-old men. Yeah. <laughs> with bad CGI on their faces. Pretending to be, yeah. uh, I don't know, 17. What's happening? This is freaking me out. De Niro's supposed to be like 20, and he's so fucking old, he can't get his elbows up. <laughs> His hands never go above his waist. He's just, ugh. Yeah, it's like when they bring old wrestlers out in the WWF and they fight someone, quote unquote, and it's just terrible. The, clearly, the younger guy has to, you know, pretend to get beat yeah. up by Ric Flair, and you're like, that's not happening. That's not actually occurring. <laughs> he ran into his fist. So I love Brokeback Mountain. To be fair, I have only seen it the one time when I saw it in the theater, and I really enjoyed it, but. In that way, like the ice storm, it's very powerful. It's very it's very powerful. I think about it's it sometimes. Really gut wrenchingly sad. It's gut wrenchingly sad. I really enjoyed that it was a movie that had love dynamics that involved gay culture, and it was such a breath of fresh air, really, to see a big budget Hollywood movie have gay characters and have them not. You know, I know the culture then took it as a joke. But at least it was there, and it was good, and it was really well executed. And cinematography is great. Absolutely, Ang Lee never makes a movie that looks bad. No, Ang Lee is super precise. Also, always without Brokeback Mountain, the story wouldn't have happened. Where on set for The Dark Knight, Heath Ledger is in full fucking Joker thing and walked up to Maggie Gyllenhaal, and the first thing he says to her is, "Hey, I fucked your brother." (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Brokeback Mountain. Is up there. I will. It um, it deserved to be nominated. It's really beautiful, and I I do recommend it. Uh, I recommend all four of these movies. What about Capote? What do you think about Capote? Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen Capote in quite some time. Mm. I've actually watched it a couple times. Well, I mean, I've seen it a couple times. Yeah. I just haven't seen it recently. Mm. Philip Seymour Hoffman is brilliant. Yes. In ways no one has been since. Yeah. He is truly just epic in this movie. And I love Philip Seymour Hoffman. I miss him more than I miss most of my family. I agree. I agree. We were talking about, in another Office Hours, about Robert Pattinson. And I think, to me, truly, that he was one of those actors that every time he made a character, it was super unique. And it was its own character, and it was really well-defined and had all these different eccentricities and all these different ways of speaking and ways of thinking and ways of moving. And I know Capote was a real guy. And so he's creating a character out of a real person, which is always interesting, but I thought he did such an amazing job. That's also such a difficult character to portray because it could be so goofy. You know, Capote had a notoriously strange voice and was a notoriously strange guy, a very interesting guy, but strange and him and Kathleen Keener and with that those Bennett Miller movies it's just really watchable it's very you just turn it on and even though there's darkness even though there's sad stuff it's just very watchable it's very because Capote is a fascinating guy and he was funny and that story of him going and becoming emotionally invested into these murderers and then writing this classic piece of American literature that basically created the modern true crime 
idea. It's such a fascinating idea for a movie. And we talk about sometimes how much biography movies are real dumb. This is the opposite. This is the opposite. This is intru- like this is so good. You want to know more, right? Because it also, I think, was up to the skill level of Capote. You know what I'm yeah. saying? When I watch Milos Forman's Amadeus, I feel like it's up to the skill level. You know, it does justice to such an amazing artist. I feel like sometimes when you know you see some, you know, Rocket Man or something, it's just cheesy vignettes of what they think else. You know, it's Rocket Man's not as bad as, but. It's, Want to interject something real fast? Yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, my God. Is a <laughs> lifetime movie. I know. It should have never been made. Right. Fuck you. Also, in this climate where you literally just always are having these weird hints about gay stuff going on, you're like, no, uh, Freddie Murray was gay. Like, yeah. well, he was bisexual. But he had boyfriend. You know, just talk about it. Just do it. Don't, yeah, don't have, also, like, a thing where a guy's looking at him in a doorway and gives him a side-eye glance, and he goes, hmm. Yeah, that movie like, basically what? shamed him for his sexuality. Yeah, which is bullshit. Like, like he, he wasn't ashamed. How do you not celebrate this yes. person as being fucking amazing? Yes. Yes. I, uh, uh, yes, that's the perfect example. Or, you know, Walk the Line, which, you know, gave us Dewey Cox, so maybe it was worth it. So, um, I don't think so. The, I, the part in Dewey Cox where he says, All right, I'm guilty as charged. Guilty as charged. And then Kristen Wiig goes, Don't you dare write a song while we're fighting. Like, I love Dewey Cox. So, Dewey Cox is one of my favorite movies. And maybe Walk the Line is worth Dewey Cox. I don't know. Maybe that's just how it had to go. Or Ray, he had to have all these goofy, terrible biop movies that are Oscar bait that suck just to get Dewey Cox. I don't know. Maybe. My favorite part of Walk the Line is that apparently Johnny Cash's dad is the T-1000. Yes. Robert Patrick. I know. Yes, he, yes, His he brother's is. a filter. <laughs> I would say Brokeback Mountain Capote, uh, much better than Crash. Both of them. We're just going down this list. Uh, good night and good luck kind of love this movie yes i really do the actor who plays uh edward f morrow what's his name david straight heron david straight heron yeah straight he's Aaron. amazing Robert Downey jr have you ever heard Robert Downey he's jr. okay he's a pretty good actor. yeah people this like is a, him this is a f- patricia clarkson patricia clarkson everybody mind. in yes. this cast is great yes frank langella jeff daniels he's so good yeah. i mean it's literally just people want to work with clooney ray wise yeah robocop is it it i mean robocop bad guy excuse me i'm just yeah. saying Diane Reeves. I mean, Alex Bornstein. It's crazy. Matt Ross. I mean, I'm literally going through this cast and it's, you know, those actors you like who you see in cool stuff at HBO stuff. They're in it. They're in it. They're all in it and they're real good. And George Clooney also is real good in it because George Clooney for me is the opposite. He is truly more of like the classic Hollywood actor where he's real, real good. He can do different versions of George Clooney. Yeah. He does. He's, he does it well, though. Yes, he does it amazingly well. I recently watched all three Ocean's movies, and mm-hmm. there's still that part where he walks up to Don Cheadle. He's like, "Do I like 50? And Don Cheadle's like, "Yeah, only from the neck up." And like <laughs> George Clooney makes this sad pug face, where he's just like so sad and ugly. I was like, "That's great acting." <laughs> Slash was real. And Slash was real. Yeah. Oh. Like he obviously Soderbergh's like he's gonna tell you something. Oh. Don't give, don't give him the line. <laughs> um, I have to say though, I liked Good Night and Good Luck. I saw it in the theater. I think of them, and of the George Clooney directed movies, it's not my favorite. And it's very good. It's very well executed. The dialogue's very good. A lot of good acting. But I couldn't really tell you what happened in it. Now, no idea. <laughs> I couldn't. 
literally all I remember is chain smoking. Yes. Like I couldn't wait. Black and white. Couldn't I saw all these movies in the theater except for Munich. I saw this with fucking uh I don't remember who, but they didn't smoke. And I literally was coming down the escalator at the landmark century cinema. Cigarette Shut in my up. mouth and just like kept flicking the lighter <laughs> to get ready. I was like, I need the cigarette. It was like seeing Matchstick Men, yeah, yeah. except in black and white. Like I got out and I had a smoke. I agree entirely. And it does transport you to another universe. It transports you to another time period, I suppose I should say. You are there. You are locked in. You become part of the late 50s, early 60s. You feel the vibes. You understand what people are talking about. You are worried about McCarthyism and whether or not it's going to get you. And did I go to a communist meeting in the 1930s? I don't know. Like <laughs> I would make the argument that good night and good luck is very good, but I don't know if it's up to Capote or Brokeback Mountain. No, I love the movie just because I like the whole mm. old timey news aspect to it. I agree. I love the old timey news. Yeah. Anchor I don't know, I don't remember if I, how many times I've brought this up, but I'm a failed journalism student. Yes, yes. Every, every you often are. I hear you in the shower. Just I'm a failed journalist. <laughs> Damn mean, you, Chicago Tribune. And then the wall gets punched. It's the whole thing. If you're gonna yell into the void, you might as well clean up afterwards. That's fair. That's fair. Also, damn you, the Chicago Tribune. That's fair. I was more of a Sun Times guy. Oh, look at you! Look at you, an aristocrat. <laughs> the final Best Picture nominee was the Steven Spielberg, Senor Spielbergio, film Munich. With Eric Bana, the Hulk. Yeah, Jesus. (laughs) And one of the ones, I don't know if you, you, have you seen Munich? I saw Munich. I was, I don't know how to put this, debilitatingly high. (laughs) That's fair. I really enjoyed Munich. There had been a lull for me in Spielberg movies. I, at that point, had not seen one that I, I thought, um, the Tom Cruise Scanner Darkly uh, Minority Report was pretty good. But other than that, I had not seen a Spielberg movie that I really, really enjoyed since, like, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. And everyone forgets how, and I think Spielberg forgets sometimes how good he really is at making these ensemble action movies that have all of these little pieces all these little side characters who pop up and do weird stuff and you, they become fascinating and they're only there for a second, but you remember them and Munich had the whole thing. The only problem with Munich primarily is the end sex scene, which is, I got to say hilarious. hilarious. It's hilarious. And I don't care. The movie came out 20. It's, you know, 14 years ago. And this is just a little spoiler alert, but there's a scene with Eric Banner where he has sex with his wife and he's just been involved with so much crazy mayhem and bombs and anti-terror intelligence. And are they the terrorists now? And also, if you don't know, some terrorists blew up a plane with the Israeli soccer team in Munich. And then after that, they formed basically a black ops strike team to find the guys who blew it up and just kill them. But that took them into a weird netherworld of CIA agents and mafia and people that they had no idea were there. Because even at that point, the government of Israel was pretty young. It was only 30 years old. So they had no idea what they were getting into. The world of counterintelligence and all this strange, dark, dark shit going on. And then because of that, he is banging his wife. And just midway through banging, he's like... Like it's like, what is happening? <laughs> he turns into the Cobra Commander from the GI Joe movie. 
I've had enough of you, G.I. Joe. This sex scene's getting out of control. Like, it literally is, yeah. You sound like Cartman choking on a pretzel. It's the same guy who did Cobra Commander and Skeletor. The He-Man! So, uh, it's that same guy. And Starscream. It's literally the 80s. They just were like, can you do that weird snake guy voice that you do? What, this voice? The voice that you like? Um, so. Can you imagine getting that guy at a drive-thru? Oh, my God. (laughs) I, I have to look up his name. Said no pickles. <laughs> but I really enjoy Munich. Uh, the ending is goofy, and I think honestly that weird scream in the sex scene kind of for me knocked because <laughs> I I watched it. I was in the theater. I was real into the movie, and then that sex scene happened, and the whole audience laughed. The entire audience laughed. No one left. Everyone was super into the movie. And then the audience laughed at the end of this crazy thriller, which I don't know if they did on purpose because it was so tense. The whole movie's so tense that it's about bombs. There's so many scenes where you're like, oh my God, is this bomb going to accidentally blow up and kill like kids while there's, it's. Spielberg doesn't really do sex scenes. That's interesting. He didn't know. He doesn't know. He's no, He's a virgin. He's never had sex. He doesn't understand how it works. He's like, now scream. And Banna's like, that is that is not. He's yeah. like, I, I know how sex works. Don't you lie to me, Banna. You scream at the end when when you do the thing. What thing? You mean have an orgasm? Uh, what is that? Look, <laughs> the part I, where you scream? Everything Spielberg knows about sex yeah. is just Tom Hanks feeding him <laughs> bullshit lines to fuck him up in real life. Yes. Is it like dinosaurs? Is it dinosaurs? Uh, <laughs> also, Alan Oppenheimer is the guy who does the voice of Skeletor it's and Starscream. Voice, yes, he's he's a real adorable old man. Too, I mean, that's so. a great fucking name, too. Yes, look him up. He is a adorable, adorable old man. He's like an older dude who has like a Costanza haircut and mustache. So oh, nice, yeah. <laughs> okay, so because it's office hours, the big drum roll, please. We're gonna do our picks. We're gonna do our picks here. So you're gonna choose Crash. You're gonna stick with it, right? Not changing anything. <laughs> Paul Haggis is a genius. Said no one. No. Including Scientologists. Scientologists were like, can we give our money back? You know what? Normally when people try to leave the church, we fuck with them. But you like hit the road, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> hit the bricks, pal. They were just like dropping hints. Like if you want to go. <laughs> we're not going to charge you. We're not yeah. going to be weird. Yeah. So Nicholas. Drum roll. What is your best picture for 2006, the year of 2005 and 2006, Nicholas Stoddard says. I'm torn, but I just can't quit you. I'm going oh, with Brokeback Mountain. Oh, Brokeback, yes. It's too it's, depressing to not win. It also, it's also just good. It also sticks around in the zeitgeist. It really broke back. People remember it, and it's there. It's Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. It's a truly it's a movie that will stand a lot longer than a lot of these it's an amazing, amazing movie. I have to, though, on my best picture, I love Capote. I watch it. It's a great fucking movie. I know, and I it's mostly because my own personal tastes, and I love Philip Seymour Hoffman in it. I love Kathleen Keener in it. I like Ben Miller's direction. I like how watchable it is, and it does emotionally affect me in things, but it, it reminds me of, like, Stephen Freer's movies or something where it's infinitely watchable, but it does affect you but there's still stuff in it that's fun and interesting. And honestly, there's some very interesting things about writing and process of writing, which I like because we're both writers. And I think that's... I'm a writer? I heard that about you. I don't know. <laughs> I read that in your Wikipedia. So... The Wikipedia is wildly inaccurate. 
<laughs> but yeah, so I'm picking Pody. You're picking Brokeback. Uh, screw you, Crash. I think, if you will, Brokeback and Capote, though, are kind of the two. Yeah, those those are yeah. the two movies that if either one of those would have won, yeah. it would have been great. Yes. But instead, we have to stand around <laughs> in these horrible, god-awful oh times god. and still look back Ugh. on the 2006 as the fucking pimple on an <laughs> ass. It's true. That crashes. Yes. Paul it's... Haggis, I hope... Oh no! You never make another movie ever again, <laughs> Paul. You seem like a nice guy, but I I gotta say this movie sucks. Actually, it sucks real hard. He had a bunch of uh, oh creepy stuff. Yeah, creepy stuff. All right, oh fuck you, Paul. I guess. Yeah, fuck you, Paul. I guess. <laughs> I mean, he just kept offering me candy. He said, "Just come to my house. There's candy in a hot tub." You seem nice. You seem like a nice guy. Nice guys offer you candy in hot tubs, right? All right, well, that was 2006, Blockbuster Film School. I think we did it. I think we picked which movie. Super producer Brian Tepps, do you approve? Which uh, which one would you go with? Point at one of us. Or or say another. <laughs> he said whatever vampire movie that year had <laughs> just, the coolest costumes. He just keeps shouting the Lost Boys. We keep trying to tell him. It came yeah, out like 87. 85, man. Yeah. Yeah. 87. <laughs> All right, team. We love you. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Twitter. Subscribe. Apple. Like. Tell your friends. Spotify. Please tell tell your friends. Please tell your friends if you like the show. Tell your friends. Maybe tell your friends if you tell two. You don't have any friends. Tell two people, and they tell two people. Talk to a squirrel in the street. Tell a squirrel. Squirrel stranger. Take the squirrel's iPhone and subscribe to Blockbuster. If you don't have any friends, Mm -hmm. what you have to do is get all hyped up on PCP and sugar. Bust your neighbor's wall. Ooh, yeah. Go, oh, yeah. Oh, Office yeah. hours. Blockbuster Film School. <laughs> the Kool-Aid man. The Blockbuster Film School man. We'll hire you, Kool-Aid man, if you're out of work. I haven't seen you in a while. I like uh, that your version of him is, like, from New Orleans. <laughs> I'm the Kool-Aid man. Oh, baby, I got the Kool-Aid. I'm the Kool-Aid man. Tom uh, DeLuise <laughs> as the Kool-Aid man. I'd watch the shit out of that movie. Yeah. Every day. I would watch, oh, man. <laughs> the laughing until horse DeLuise. PCP. Well, team, if you like Blockbuster Film School, you're still listening. So uh, we love you, and we're your friends. If you don't have friends, we're your friends. So we will see you soon, and uh, we love you. Blockbuster Film School out. Seacrest out.